0: Welcome back to Talking Risk. It's a podcast by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Every week we have an entrepreneur or a vendor to entrepreneurs on, and they talk about their business and their challenges and their goals. And uh, by doing that, we learn lots of lessons. Um, I think that those of you who have listened to, what, 25, 30? 21 have been published. 21 podcasts uh, are finding out that a lot of the lessons that the entrepreneurs are teaching us Uh, are similar, similar veins that we're hearing, and that's reassuring because uh, we can find some formulas in there to create our own entrepreneurial venture, and we hope that you do. So my name's Eric Reese. I own a law firm. I'm also a CPA. My law firm's called Aspen Legal, and you can find that on the web at aspenlawteam.com my co-host is named ricky hall ricky i'm ricky hall i'm the founder of nutrition hq and nutrition hq franchising and you can find me online at nhq.rocks and the best part of our show today is a cat named bernie scoteri um who i just like to hang out with because of his new york accent (laughs) and uh you when you look at him uh, no offense to Bernie, but you don't know if he's going to kill you or or if he's going <laughs> to be a good guy. But uh, Bernie Scutieri, Bernie, introduce yourself and your business, if you would. Yes, uh, Bernie Scutieri.
1: Um, my company is Express. Uh, is <laughs> Axel Transportation. Uh, Transportation Solution Services is the actual company name. So you can find so, us at axel transcom
0: So we'll talk about the reason why Bernie got confused is because for years he was talking about another business that he sold. And we'll talk about that a little bit as well. But before we talk to Bernie, uh, we're going to talk about something called Hot Topics.
1: excellent that was flashing.
0: Ricky's back to his old tricks. Yeah, hey, he got it. It took five times. So um, the hot topic for today comes from a conversation I had with a CEO of a national, really just, well, I, I can't just say uh, her company's national. She has a couple of affiliated locations outside the country. So it's a pretty big company. And um, she keeps picking Uh, the wrong individuals to listen to, right? She is sold, uh, I can count three times over our relationship. She's bought into, rather, relationships with other business folks in her industry, which I keep on pulling her out of, right? Uh, Tell her that it's no good to begin with, um, but she's dazzled with these individuals And um, the last time, I'm not obviously going to name who she is, but the last time we really had to pull hard to get her back out of the relationship. And I talked to her about it this week, and she said it comes from low self-confidence, right? She's built this big company, um, and she suffers from self-confidence problems. And so we talked about that, and we talked about, uh, what's called imposter syndrome. Are, are, are you guys familiar with this imposter syndrome? <laughs> imposter syndrome is generally uh, in successful people and they either can't believe uh, that they deserve to be where they are, they either believe that it's luck, or they believe that um, at any point in time somebody is going to find them out to be a fraud, right? That, that inside their heads... Uh, They are not convinced that they are really who they appear to be, right? Um, And uh, it's related to low self-confidence. They say that self-confidence or low self-confidence is uh, part of this imposter syndrome. But the more I looked into it and the more we talked, the more I realized that this low self-confidence is typical in high achievers. Wasn't Steve Jobs like that? Yeah, successful people generally, and I know generalizations are dangerous, have or have suffered from low self-confidence, right? And so, remember, it's 2021, it's the uh, attempt by media and uh, academicians uh, to tell you that you shouldn't have low self-confidence because you're really worthy and you're worthy from the point that you're born and all this other bullshit, okay? I believe that the low self-confidence is probably what drives that mentality of achieving a legacy, right? Um, the, the popular reading is that it's not healthy, to measure yourself by your accomplishments, whether it be your grades or be your salary or be your net worth or be the businesses that you built. Um, I disagree with that, right? I I disagree with that. I don't think it should be the only thing you measure yourself by. But I think without that low self-confidence, half of us, and I'll speak for myself, wouldn't achieve what we've achieved so far. 100%. You know, and so I, you know, the conclusion that I came to in our discussion with her is, uh, I said, "Look, everybody's scared." I said, "If if if they say they're not scared, they're either lying or too stupid to know the difference." All right, and my guess is they're lying because if they've achieved something, they're not stupid, right? Um, but it's that scaredness. That, again, helps us achieve. When I wake up in the morning, even if I've had a day where, you know, a great number dropped to the bottom line, I'm worried about what's going to happen today. Could it all go away today? Right. right. Absolutely. And so um, the, the tragedy is that that low self-confidence could, at the same time it drives people like us, um, it could be a great barrier for someone to even wanting to take a try. Right mm-hmm. um Bernie, and I talked about this uh this week. Um, we talked about the willingness to take a risk, and we all know it starts with that, right to be able to put it all out there and not overly worry and I've never let my self confidence uh block me from taking a risk for sure, but at the same time, I've used that lack of self confidence to constantly drive, to see what I can achieve next. Absolutely. Right. And um, the other interesting thing that uh, I was reading this week is on retirement. Okay. I'm 59 years old and somebody asked me the other day when I was going to retire. And I read an actuarial study on retirees. And I'm talking about retirement, retirement, like you quit your job, you, you quit your entrepreneurial venture, and you sit around and you're going to read and play golf. The actuarial assessment, the average lifespan of someone who is retired, take a guess. It's less than five years. It's two years. Yeah. Wow. Two, two years. years. Yep. So if you're going to retire and sit around and read books... Pick some good because you got two years left. <laughs> that seems ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking about people who have retired, like retire, retire, and it's like, my God, I know people like that, right? Yeah. They're so excited. They move into their retirement forever home, right? <laughs> and then two years later, they're dead, okay. right? So for me, I think that retirement is probably just less active. That's what I don't. I see myself of ever not doing something, right? I go Pulling nuts. Back I, a little. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pulling back. Pull back little. a little bit. Yeah. Right until you can't, and then at that point, who the hell cares anyway? Right. You don't care about dying anyway. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. So, um, Bernie, let's talk about you, and uh and, and if you're comfortable doing it, let's let's start, Bernie. Before the two companies that you mentioned, one unintentionally and one intentionally. Um, but let's talk about before that. Like, um, where did you uh, first go to college? Where did your career lead you to? All that good stuff. So, was, um,
1: growing up in New York, uh, at the Fordham University. Uh, originally, I was going to be an attorney. I come from a family of good attorneys. Good choice. Good choice <laughs> not to become one. Okay, from a family of attorneys. Yeah,
0: and talk about that. Don't you have a ju- Don't you have a sister who's a judge yeah, or no? She's a prosecutor.
1: She oh. just retired. Okay. Uh, prosecutor uh, in New Jersey. My father's a retired attorney. So I have um, brothers and sisters are all attorneys. Kay. So I grew up, you know, my father said I was going to be an attorney, so sure. I said I went to school to be. <laughs>
0: until,
1: okay. until I realized I didn't want to be an attorney, and I said I'm going to switch and go into my own business. Okay. Uh, and so that was like uh, sticking a knife in him and
0: saying, what do you mean? Yeah, You're right. right. Did you have to move out of New York? Because why? Why the hell are you in St. Louis? If yes. you were
1: so, when I graduated, I didn't initially move out of New York. I yeah. was going to do in New York, but I couldn't find the right business. Okay, and, and so I uh, was working with a friend in the transportation business when I uh, graduated college.
0: So this transportation theme of your businesses, you were learning that at an early age. Early age, yeah,
1: and. It, it, the owner of the company took a liking to me. He was older, much older than me. Okay, and uh, I was ready to leave and actually go into a uh, uh, a Fortune 500 company. Okay, and kind of at an entry level. And he said, "Hey, I'm gonna. I, I need you to run my company." And it was a, a taxi company. And I said, "Well, I, I, I can't do that right?" And I was you know, how old are you? 24, this- 25. Oh, years wow! Old. Yeah,
0: in New York. In New York. Is this New yeah. York? Yeah.
1: yeah. And so he said, I'll, "I'm gonna give you $125,000 a year." and this is 1985 that's good money done (laughs) and uh you know i said okay yeah right (laughs) so even though that wasn't what i set out to do yeah uh, i figured uh, i'll do it for a while and uh, so he needed
0: me and we we grew the company at the time as a cpa i started 1984 my salary was 19,500 (laughs) dollars That was awesome. I had a lot of
1: drive in me. I mean, you know me a long yeah. time. So I had a lot of ambitious yeah. uh, goals for the company. So yeah. he said, do what you want, run it as if it's your own. That's amazing. And, and, and uh, Wow.
0: That's the type of mentor to
1: have. Yeah. And, yes. and, and so he said, he believed in me, he got to know me after a long time. Sure. And says, go ahead. And we, we opened up three or four other places. And before you know it, I think like in three years Uh, We had over 300 uh, drivers. Good Lord.
0: Yeah. uh, Was this in New York? In New York City, Uh, Wow. But taxicab, and I know nothing about it, but the taxicab business, that's heavily regulated, heavily taxed, isn't it, or no? In New York City, it it was mostly medallion
1: taxis. Okay. And so in the... Outline in the suburbs, you yeah. had these private taxi cab companies that would service in the
0: um, more local like, areas. Yeah, more like limo services. Limo services, yeah. black car, car service. services, correct. Sure. And okay. so we grew
1: upon that, the corporate clientele,
0: going oh. to more
1: of a black car service. Okay,
0: all right. So your transportation business in New York City uh, was more along the lines of not U- Uber and, and Lyft didn't exist, obviously. Yeah. Shelter but it was a it was a private hire type of deal for, private for hire company where right. you call and you want to go to the
1: airport or somewhere
0: and what was the pushback back in the 1980s from those medallion cab companies Were they pissed off that well, you guys even existed
1: they and they they fought to get regulated and that's when they created what's called the Taxi and Limousine Commission way back in those days okay. in the city Uh, to regulate what they called for livery drivers. Okay. We were different than a yellow taxi, so they considered us to be called a livery driver. Okay. And so that's how they
0: regulated us. So you guys were like the first Uber Lyft company, really, when you think Mm -hmm. about it. we were. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: amazing. And and the only thing we didn't have at that time was the technology like they have today, obviously, but it was mostly phones and pagers and... Two-way radios. Yeah. yeah,
0: Al Gore had just created the internet then. <laughs> right, I think so. Right, yeah. so yeah. it was still young. He had to figure it out still. And Bush was starting to work on the second version of the internet. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so, um, so what happened with that company? I mean, to me, that sounds like, I'll just stick it out. Did, was it eventually sold? Or so, what? eventually, um,
1: the company continued.
0: I stayed there seven years. Okay. And in
1: 1992... Um, I got married in 1990. Okay. And my wife is from Missouri. Yeah. And um, she gave New York City a, a two year run and said, We're out of here. Interesting. And so she moved me from New York City to Arnold, Missouri.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So I used to own the GNC in Arnold off Vogel Road. Did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> That's, That is love on, on his part. All right. Early, and this, this was early. It's uh, like 90s. Green Acres. <laughs> right? That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And so we had one car back then, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, where's the local taxi cab company mm-hmm. in Jefferson County? So there ain't one. Didn't exist. There was no buses. There yeah. was no communicating no, no tra- transportation whatsoever. <laughs> right. Either you had the uh, your heels right. <laughs> or, uh, the, or your wheels. That's yeah, it. there was heels nothing and else. Heels or wheels.
0: Yeah. So you came to Arnold, Missouri. Did you come with a a plan? I mean, other than to stay married,
1: obviously. So my plan was to go into the transportation business Yet, but I didn't have a lot of history of of St. Louis. Okay. And so I said, I'm going to take a job, you know, for a year or two, learn the area and see if I like it. If not, we're going back to New York City. So
0: the fact that you're still here (laughs) means you liked it here? I liked it. Oh, well. Uh, The first couple of
1: years, I didn't like it. He's
0: Uh, not even drinking, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I got a drink just to, to get through a day in St. Louis. <laughs> I actually, my first job here
1: was working for the St. Louis bread company. What was the St. Louis bread company? Oh wow! wow. Yeah.
0: Became Panera.
1: Panera, yeah. yeah. Wow. And just when it became Panera, is when I left. Okay. Uh, I went and then, uh,
0: so you worked for them at, at corporate out there in what Sunset Hills? So
1: that was where the home. I don't know if the office was there, but okay. I was in a. I was a new store manager. Open, so I used to go around open up stores. Okay. And, then, and they go from one store to another and. So on and so forth.
0: So this is interesting to me, knowing your history. So you knew the transportation business, obviously. You came to the metropolis of Arnold, Missouri, all right? Went to work for St. Louis Bread Company, but now you're learning about franchising yeah. with uh, St. Louis Bread Company. So so that's when they... But I actually left
1: before they started franchising. Okay. So I didn't have a lot of franchise experience. Yeah, but
0: if you were going from store to store, helping with operations or yeah. helping opening up, you were learning about franchising even though you didn't know you were franchising. Probably, you know. most likely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting. Yeah. So how long did you stay with them? So two years, probably uh, uh, about two years. Okay.
1: And then in uh, 1994... Right. Um, Told my wife I'm going to open up my own business. Okay. And uh, so she, you know, I quit St. Louis Breit Company and yeah. I set up and opened up this
0: a taxi service all in our own Missouri. Now, how do you do that? I mean, that sounds uh, that sounds complicated. Yeah. 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 Let me tell you, it's, it's, not, for every,
1: it's yeah. not for every person to quit their job. And, sure. But my wife was working at that time and I said, give me one year. You know, whatever you work on, whatever you make, yeah. we'll live off of. We'll okay. budget. And whatever I make in this business, I'm just going to reinvest yeah. hopefully so I'll be able to grow it, and then you won't have to work. And no twelve
0: month. months isn't a long time. No, she gave no. me twelve months. Yeah, wow. and in
1: between that, we had a baby, and so <laughs> right, <laughs> I was motivated to get going. Yeah, of course um, you had a baby.
0: What the hell did you have to <laughs> Why do? Not? You live in Arnold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else
1: to do. <laughs> it. And you know, so that was my motivation. Was you know, I needed to get this thing going.
0: Yeah, but again, I mean. What do you start with? you start buying vehicles? What 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 the it, hell do you just, do? You, know,
1: you look at it and you say, okay, you know, people don't... Marketing on, on the internet was non-existent. Okay? Yeah. And websites were non-existent. Still, and yellow pages. Yeah. 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 And, and so I went around, it's a true story, I went around and I used to put flyers yeah. on people's windshields and I used to... Hustle. Go yeah, go hustle. And staple up things on totem poles yeah. and wherever I could put my name and... Uh, neighborhood supermarkets i put up flyers and
0: And was it heavily regulated back then it wasn't
1: regulated at all okay so yours
0: could just be need a
1: ride call such and such i'd go i went down to the city hall i got a business license for 59 dollars. i think it was operating in a basement of my house and i started yeah right
0: and so where did the capital come from
1: so initially i sold my uh, one car yeah and so i I bought that and i bought a, a Car that had four doors. Okay. And so I dropped my wife off in the morning at work in Clayton. Yeah. I'd do the cab thing during the day, pick oh. her up, take her home. And I did that seven days a week. Uh, wow. So you were the driver? I was everything. How was it all? <laughs> driver
0: maintenance, maintenance, scheduling, uh, dispatcher, <laughs>
1: building person, you
0: name it, I did it. Wow. And Me then. guy. Right. <laughs> and so then it was just an issue of, and we've talked about this often, and uh, you know scaling, and, yep. and we've talked against it, right? Because uh, I just told Bernie, uh, you know, when he when he just got here, that I, I cannot stand attorneys, and I'm trying to avoid hiring another attorney. But I realized this afternoon I can't uh, avoid it any longer, uh, and so now you've got this decision to I got to scale. I've got. Uh, a kiddo on the way or a kiddo already here. I can't be driving seven days a week. Um, what did that look like, that decision to scale? So at that period of time, the state of Missouri actually
1: just had turned to what's called managed care. Okay. So that philosophy of being in the right place at the right time yeah. really has a lot of meaning. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was, you know, I'm reading this two-page article in the Post-Dispatch, mm-hmm. and it said at the bottom of it, 750,000 Medicaid recipients, and every one of them is entitled to free transportation.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So the light bulb went off. I said, who's going to do that? Yeah, exactly. Can't even get a cab to go to the store here. How do they get to the doctors? Yes. So I switched from, you know, taxi cab service. Sure. And I went to an an, an EMT company, non-emergency medical transportation
0: company. So this is driving around folks for... uh, Everything, or for met specifically for medical. their medical, their Specific- doctor visits, etc. It's for individuals going to the doctor and for children that are going to the doctor. Okay, and the, but this isn't you know sirens and lights. No, this it's is emergency. non-emergency. Non-emergency. Okay. And so, where do you start with that? Do you start with getting uh, qualified or certified? Remember when we had on uh, the general, yeah, uh, Ron McCormick. Ron McCormick who uh, has uh, these various homes for individuals uh, with disabilities, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and it was the same sort of thing. He saw this uh, need that was not being met, and he went and he got qualified to provide these Correct. homes, right? So is that where you start? You start with how am yeah. I going to get paid? So you start with the state, who is okay. the payer, okay?
1: Uh, and then you apply for a Medicaid provider ID number. Okay. Uh, and then you go through that process, you fingerprinted the whole deal. Okay. And then once you get a Medicaid provider ID number, yeah. they
0: send you a list of individuals that live in the area that you want to service. So, so those are your customers. Correct. But before we get to that, I, I would assume that like with all insurance, there is a limit to what they're willing to pay in in the in the beginning it wasn't it was basically what are your rates oh and um, that that
1: lasted about a year and then they put a cap on the limits <laughs> of course yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so they were paying you by the mile they paid you by the, so they had a flat rate okay. per,
1: per, for a load and then yes. there was a per
0: price per mile okay uh, per person <laughs> all so. right because um at a certain point and we've talked about this you have to back we we talked specifically about insurance but everything i do fixed fee stuff you set your fee, but now you've got to back into how am I going to deliver these services and still make them profitable, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And so, how big of a challenge was that once they set the cap? So, in, in the beginning, it was real challenging because she didn't have a lot of capital.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just you know it's a one car operation. Yeah, and so what I did was I would hire someone that had a vehicle. Okay, and I would tell them I'd give you a certain percentage of what this particular trip was. So sure. of whatever the But that was easy
0: for you Because now you know What your gross profit is Correct It's all profit basically Yeah Yeah. And so if I gave them 65%
1: of the billable amount Yeah I'd still get 35% This is Uber by the way Yeah
0: I mean that's interesting You should have created Uber (laughs) You wouldn't be sitting here Right now Right I would say Would you like to be on the podcast And you go Shut Shut up up. I ain't going to the podcast How about I buy your building And kick your ass (laughs) (laughs) out
1: But but that's kind of what you were doing. That's what I did. So I just continued to hire independent contractors with their own vehicles. Okay. Supplied them the rides. Yeah. I build the state. And then I actually had a little desk set up in my basement with a two-way radio. Right. And I would just dispatch to these drivers after a
0: while. Amazing. This driving. is great. All, All right. right so, um, so how many, like how many at the height of it, how many people were driving for oh, I, I had
1: four, 450. And we operate in 12 states.
0: Good high, Lord. Peak. Now, was this with EMT or was it another brand?
1: No, so I had two companies. I actually had uh, EMT, which yeah. was my a current company I sold. And then I started another company called EMT USA, which is the franchising division.
0: But when you were driving your own car, yeah. okay, before you made this switch to now I read this article, now right. I can scale, what brand were you operating under? Arnold Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's genius, really, because it was in Arnold, and he was driving the taxi. And, and
1: uh, the company I got on a street now in Locust actually did the decals for my first vehicle. He's still here. Oh, funny. That's yeah. great. He's got yeah. a picture from 1990 there the Wall still. So. Yeah,
0: he learned branding from the St. Louis Bread Company. <laughs> ah, St. Louis Bread Company. Oh, Arnold Taxi. <laughs> All right, interesting. So, um, So how did you, you've got these customer lists or potential customer lists. What do you do, call them up? So you call them up and you start, you know,
1: find out what they're, you yeah. Know, if they're on dialysis, they were going three days a week. Okay, we would take them.
0: So and now s- you got regular rides.
1: Now, now you got scheduled, you know, yeah. stuff that you can say, "Hey, okay, Eric, come
0: work for me." I can give you X number of trips per day. And you okay. know what your revenue is going to be, and, and away we go. And and in dispatching and in scheduling, now you're building a system which is transferable, repeatable, Correct. in other cities. Yeah, and, and, and so. We took that model and I got an office the size of this room
1: right yeah. here, and I hired one person. So to, a very big office, yeah, yeah, <laughs> big <laughs> office. I hired one person to actually answer the phones yeah. while I was dispatching because I couldn't do both at the time. Yeah, right. And we, just, I just kept repeating, hiring these independent contractor drivers. And it allowed
0: me to continue to grow without yeah. actually having to put capital in. Well, how scary is that though? Because you don't know these schmucks that you're hiring. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you do? For- you doing background
1: checks? Yeah. Or so like- so back then we did background checks, yeah. but it was nothing like it is today. You know, yeah. FBI fingerprint checks that we do today, yeah. and drug testing. It was basically if you had a car, you yeah. have insurance, you got
0: a job. You know, that's, right? That's the way it was. It wasn't regular. That's kind of the way Uber and yeah. Lyft do it. Right? Yeah, they do a background uh, check. Oh, they do? hmm Huh. Yeah. 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 Well, some of them get through. We know that. Yeah. Now we have to do a FBI fingerprint
1: check, and we have to.
0: That's all part of the Medicare compliance. compliance. Yeah. compliance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Missouri, this was fairly new, or it was new. It was yes. brand new in Missouri. Uh, how did you know, or was, let me rephrase that. Was Missouri just catching up to other states, or was this rolling across the United States? So,
1: Missouri's the last state to turn to managed care. Oh, okay. So, they were under an executive order they had until January 1, 1996, to be in compliance. Oh, wow. so it was
0: scattering to get providers, and so it speed up the process. Being at the right place at the right, right. time. I yeah. mean. so this is so this is the federal government imposing this upon them. Correct. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, um, so but for the fact that you came to Arnold, Missouri, uh, or but for let's say the fact that you came to Missouri. Uh, you never would have gotten into this no, business. and I, I probably would have not gotten into the business. Because there were already competitors out there. Correct. And yeah. In New York City, there was a taxi cab service everywhere you I go. Never, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. yeah. so you converted your general taxi service now to this specialized medical, uh, non-emergency medical provider or non-emergency medical service. Where do you go from from there? So... You know, in the beginning, early in the beginning, when we went to buy insurance, when I told
1: them what we did, there wasn't even an insurance category for what we did. So they didn't even know how to regulate us or insure us.
0: Well, why wouldn't it just be a regular taxi? Because you're you're not a taxi. You're
1: not servicing the general public. But you're not an ambulance. Yeah. And so you're kind of in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they had a hard time. So they've created a category of over the years. Sure. It's called NEMT. Okay. But in the beginning, they didn't even know how to, you know... Regulate the insurance on it. Huh. It was crazy. Huh.
0: So what did you buy to make sure that you were covered?
1: So we, we bought liability insurance, the sure. state minimum, whatever was required back then was the minimum. Sure. Uh, and and we were able to fly with that.
0: Yeah. Well you didn't have to get anywhere in a hurry, I guess, but you're you'd always be subject to that driver that's trying to get more rides yeah. in, right? And- and you got to watch because you know you hire
1: independent contractors. You're doing you know, a, a very minor background check on them at yeah. that time. Yeah. Uh, technology wasn't what it is like today. Right. And it was basically on the honor system. You know, we, we would hire these yeah. these folks and put them on the road. We'd give them a bunch of equipment, three yeah. magnets to put on
0: their vehicle so they yeah. could get some identification. Sure. And a two-way radio, and away we went. Yeah. And so, um, what were the pro- what were the challenges? What were the biggest challenges to that? Was it the people? Was it dealing with the drivers or or what? So
1: for getting paid, getting paid in the beginning, those weren't challenges. Over time, getting reliable, dependable drivers was the problem. You know, right. Because after a while, uh, you know, you want to be able to have more control. Sure. And, and you want to set quality standards for people. Of and course. You want to implement policies and procedures. But when you get independent contractors, you ain't, you ain't gonna do that. Sure. So it gradually phased that model out okay. and converted to an employee model, which was much more costly. Yeah, which increased our costs. Sure, cost. Yeah, uh, and but you know the model over time worked, and, and you know we were able to get more control.
0: Well, now as your cost is going up, how do you control that? Because I assume that the reimbursement rate is not going up as fast as your cost. So
1: the, the state went to back in 1999. They moved to a broker system, meaning. Um, example, the state of Missouri spends $40 million a year back then okay. on non-emergency transportation. Okay. So they'd hire a brokerage company and say, hey, we're going to give you the $40 million. Okay. You manage that $40 million for all the Medicaid rides. Okay, And then that broker would contract with individual providers, and they would reimburse you for the rates. So you oh. negotiate with them with, for the rates. Hmm. So
0: the broker's got the $40 mil up front. Up front. And
1: so it's all based on you know if they can get a better deal with me than the state did, yeah. that's how they make that margin. And what did the broker? What was the broker's cut at so, all this? So the broker's cut is basically what's left over after they pay all the providers. Oh, uh, so, so they so.
0: negotiate the rates. So your rate as EMT uh, may not be the same rate as somebody Correct. else's.
1: Yeah, my cost of doing business may be higher than everybody else's. Interesting. Uh, my technology
0: may be better, so my prices are going to be higher. And the broker. <laughs> his or its incentive is to get the lowest cost. The lowest cost. Yeah. Oh, they, use, they use that philosophy, lowest cost, most appropriate. Ah, oh, that goodness. is always tough. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Right? And so how do you do that? How do you, and I don't know, and I've been, you know, I can't stand lawyers for many reasons. One of them is, well, Bernie was a client of mine at the big firm uh, before I came here. The big firm has sent him a re-engagement letter, right? Hey, come on back. Don't you miss us? And highest rate, <laughs> that over $1,000 an hour, okay? <laughs> Lawyers are idiots. They're idiots, all right? Um, they have no idea how to control expense, and they have no idea how to sell, okay? Mm. But how do you do that? How do you control costs? Gas is doing this. Right, but if and you're not paying these people on a percentage well you're paying them a wage um, but are you providing the vehicles now so the answer is yes I'm providing yeah. the
1: vehicles the, the answer to it is to diversify get multiple you know contracts with other kind of, uh, medical providers so oh, don't, okay. don't do business with one person yeah because no, then you got all your eggs in one basket sure and they got to basically control you sure so diversify and do as much as you could in different businesses and unless with the broker.
0: So let's talk about that. So what other opportunities presented themselves? I guess private pay. Yeah, so early in the beginning, you know, when non-emergency medical
1: was created, yeah. you know, United Healthcare approached me. Here I am, this little transportation company, the okay. only guy in, in St. Louis yeah. and gave me, you know, a national contract to provide transportation for the entire state of Missouri, including Springfield. In oh, Kansas City, okay, and so I managed that transportation for them. Okay, uh, so they had, you know, uh, back then sixty or seventy thousand Medicaid members. Oh, good. They wanted oh. to provide free transportation to the doctor for as a benefit.
0: So now United Healthcare is setting your rate, correct? And you're negotiating so, that with them.
1: So United Healthcare paid you on a cap, basically per okay. month per member. Okay, so hmm. you negotiate. If you had fifty thousand members and you got three dollars mo- per member, they would just give you one hundred and fifty grand a month. And no matter how much transportation you did, if you did one trip or a million, you got the same amount of money. Interesting.
0: Hmm. So you became, uh, and this is a question, not a statement, you became kind of a broker, right? Because you can't service all of that business. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah.
1: So we hired in the contractors in Springfield and other areas to do the transportation in those particular areas. We tried to do,
0: we probably did about a 75-mile radius of St. Louis. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, but one of the challenges, I would think, or one of the threats to that business model is they're not operating as EMT, right?
1: Well, No, they're not operating as EMT, You know, but they're doing trips for United Healthcare. Yeah. So they're not doing necessarily trips that uh, are my trips, basically. Yeah, you know, sure. So, but they weren't operating as my company. But right. in a
0: sense, you're creating a potential competitor I out am. there. But they're yeah. out there
1: already. Oh, they're out they're there out already. They're out there already, and we're just contracting with existing providers that okay. are there already. And so, if we don't have any intentions of operating those areas, yeah, it makes sense to give them the business, yeah. And, and so of that's course. what we did. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're making the spread, whatever yeah. the spread
0: is, and we we pay them what their rates want, the yeah. Day,
1: and we will make like the broker for United Healthcare.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting because now you're getting. Uh, potentially regional, the uh, statewide contracts, that's a lot of rights.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and then uh, the, the federal government, the VA hospitals, they have two locations here. Okay. Uh, they put out a bid for transportation. They transport all their you know, wheelchair patients, non-wheelchair patients. Okay. Back and forth. Um, and so we got a contract with the VA. We right. Had that for have one today. Right. Um, and so we had that for many 18, 19 years.
0: And do those get bid every year? Every five years they get oh. bid. Every oh, five years. wow. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And so what is that bid process like? Is it just... Dog eat dog. Is it just so you, you nasty? Gotta, It's it's
1: not. I mean, if you, you have to be in compliance with, so you have to go and register with SAM. Okay, uh, the systems for award management. Yeah, uh, and you got to go through the office of inspector general background check, make sure all sure. that stuff checks out, and then you have to log your insurance and, and, and you know
0: be in compliance with that. So my guess is you're running into the same damn competitors again and again, right? We, we are and the only thing that separates us is, is either
1: the price okay or the quality and oh so okay you know, the VA or the government actually does CPAR ratings on you
0: and does and and this is a cynical question but does the government give a damn about quality or is it all about price
1: they do they, they do like the local St. Louis VA here is, is very um, they want quality they don't want veterans waiting they don't want okay. them, you know so well, that's good they, so, sure you know, so, you know they're paying a good rate because you have to pay the federal wage determination when you when you get a government contract. Okay, so, yeah. So you, it, it's like twenty one, twenty two dollars an hour. We have to pay these drivers. Oh, okay. So we're bidding these contracts with you know much yeah. higher than we would if they were non federal
0: contracts. And anyone who tries to go lower is just going to be out of business. Yeah, I mean, anyone goes lower, they can't. You know, they, they can't by law. They can't. Oh. And this is and this is the the big
1: problem in the industry. So yeah, you have companies that don't comply with those rules and pay them people less.
0: Uh, and so
1: they're able to bid lower. Right. And, and so you're not going to win. And, and and they can't put the two together. You can go there and say, yeah. you can't do this contract, you know, based yeah. on the requirements for the X dollars that they're telling you. Yeah. And they don't care. Yeah. Right? And they'll, they'll it will awarded
0: to you. So 20 uh, some odd, 25 probably years later, how crowded is the field? So it, it, it's actually,
1: it, it's gotten less than 25 years because... The insurance market is so here, hard are you right taking now. Notes. Yeah, okay. the insurance market is so <laughs> hard right now for this business. They, you know, oh. today insurance companies won't even write you if you don't have any experience rating, like you know, as a new risk. Okay, uh, they, you know, they're gonna hit you with a premium that you're gonna not be able to afford. Oh, okay. All right. So wow. You have to have really good experience and so
0: huge barrier to entry mm-hmm. yes. is the cost of being covered liability wise. Absolutely. To find you know, an a rated carrier that's a yeah. to carrier.
1: Yeah. Um, and today, you know, we carry ten million dollars of liability
0: insurance. And is there and I understand in any business where you're transporting people, there's this potential risk, but is there a lot of liability? Is there a lot of oh, exposure? Absolutely.
1: Oh. Uh, tons and tons of exposure.
0: And is it is it from the driving, or is it like putting the people in and out of the vehicles? It's and, all. It's both. Oh.
1: You, you'd be amazed at how many employees come to work for you, two days later they have a back problem from loading somebody in the vehicle. Oh. Oh. Have, have
0: so lots of employee claims. Lots of employee workers' conflicts. Huh. Whew. Yeah. Uh, and
1: workers' comp is not cheap. It's not cheap. And, and well,
0: and it gets more expensive every time, time you, have you have a claim. claim yep.
1: <laughs> we, and we're not allowed, to, by, by law, you're not allowed to do any background checks for workers' comp claims and use it as a part of a decision oh. process. So you can, there's, there's, you can do cool So what reports. do you do? You, you, could, you can do them, but you can't use it uh, as part of the hiring process. So why do I it see. all? I say Yeah. Why, 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 why do we want to Why know? do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so more uh, frustrating. But it, it's, it's amazing how many you'll see these individuals that have three and four work comp claims in their life. Right. You know, and here I am, 60 years old, I've never had one. Right. i, <laughs> I never, said, had one. never had one. I've never had one. Right.
0: I've killed my liver but as well as all the work. you
1: got unfortunate people <laughs> that are not as lucky as us, and they've had, you know, four and five. Yeah. So. Right. So, but it's part of the cost of doing business and you got to try to find the best
0: qualified people and that's part of that process. Sure. But like all companies that are, um, and and I want to get away from EMT because I want to go into uh, the franchising part of it, which had to be a big decision. Uh, And I want to get into your current company. Um, But like all companies that, there are defined benefits, right? Whether it's with your current company, you're trying to win a school contract. Whether when you're paid by a source, a large source, be it an insurance company or a government or what have you, I would think the challenge is always trying to not go too low that you just sold an unprofitable contract. Uh, yeah,
1: I learned that over over years. Yeah. You know, Today it's we do less for more, yeah, and, and Better to be higher quality, contracts. higher quality, yeah. and and so we don't do Medicaid. Uh, well, not a Medicaid provider. We stayed at it at Arena. Okay, um, we're what, three years into it now. We're approaching about four million in revenue.
0: Wow, starting out of the gate, you know that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so so let's get to, let's get to that company in a second, but. At what point did you lose your mind entirely and say, I can probably franchise this model? So, I wanted to expedite the growth because the industry was in
1: its peak Mm -hmm. uh, in the mid-90s to early 2000s. And so, how do you expedite that uh, opportunity without putting a lot of capital in? Sure. And so, the franchising model at that time, I thought, was the, uh, the opportunity to do it through
0: that model. Sure. And did you see... Certain states, did you assess them based upon? Look, they don't have much competition, so that's where we should sell a franchise or, so, or what?
1: So we use a third-party company that based, you know, did this analysis on individual states and cities where we got inquiries. Okay, and we looked for low-income areas that had high-density population sure. that you know, low-income because they're on Medicaid. and you sure. could transport them, and so that model is what we kind of how we. we so market. that's where you focus. That's where we focused. Yeah.
0: There. And I mean, it went it went pretty well. Okay, you sold. Yes. You, you got 15 locations out of it. Um, but tell me about that. What What was the biggest pain? You know, we got 15 locations. We probably could have had
1: many more. Yeah. But we stopped selling. Yeah. Um, because we realized that, you know, people with a lot of money yeah. weren't necessarily the most intelligent people. Sounds As right. crazy as that may yeah. sound, uh, and I I noticed the people that were kind of put. All the everything they had into it, yeah, were the people that were there every day, six o'clock in the morning, working, sure. sweating it, and sure. the people who had you know millions of dollars yeah. wanted to hire someone to run it, and sure. they didn't have any you know, too much uh, involvement in it, and and so that was what that was the tough
0: struggle, yeah. So part of the challenge was vetting the franchisees. We've talked about yeah. that. They, it, watch the founder, right? It, it, Where it, it's Ray, hard, yeah. It, yeah. Ray Kroc sold to his country club friends and the one guy put in liquor the other guy went to sell fried chicken and he went
1: he went crazy over the years, I've, you know being a franchisee yeah. and being a franchisor, I've gained a lot more respect for franchisors yeah. um, because I was a franchisor. It's, it's hard. It, it's it, You get no credit, yeah. and you get blamed for everything Everything. That's
0: wrong. You're a bullseye. You're a you gigantic get, bullseye. You don't get any credit for success, and you're right. going to blame for all the failures. Yep. Yeah. And, so, yep. and franchisees will complain about, about every, every change everything. that's good for them. That's right. well, why do I need to buy shirts there? I can get them here for right. this price. And, You'll actually make more money if you do it this way. Right. I don't care. It's a right. change. Yeah, I, and who, who the hell are you anyway? Well, yeah, what's the last time you've been doing right. this? And I've been paying you royalties forever. <laughs> I, oh, I know. I see it every day. All right, so there was a certain time, though, that you said, look, um, uh, this EMT business uh, has run its course. I mean, I, I assume that typically when entrepreneurs cash out, when they sell their business, they're deciding in their head that maybe they're just tired of the business, but w- what was it that incentivized you so, to sell it?
1: So I, I never put the company up for sale. I was approached oh, right, okay. by some uh, venture capital yeah. guys uh, who turned out to be slime buckets, but nevertheless yeah. who approached me hmm. and pursued buying me. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I basically told them I wasn't interested in selling. Sure. Uh, and if I did, you know, probably be more than it's worth. And so early on in, in the process, it wasn't, you know, most, ex- over the years I've gotten ex- bought sure. companies, so when we talked about the, the potential of buying the company, I said the company's growing every single month, so to, f- to get a fixed dollar on the company today, unless you're going to write a check next week, it's going to change. Yeah. So instead of negotiating a price for the company, we just re- negotiate a multiple okay. of EBITDA. Sure. And so whatever the EBITDA is at the time of the sale sure. is, is what the multiple, whatever the multiple mm-hmm. was. So it was five, six, seven, six. Yeah. yeah.
0: So and and Bernie learned a valuable lesson from that transaction. <laughs> Seller financing is no good. Yeah, so I got ninety five percent of my money up front.
1: The five percent that I didn't uh, <laughs> represented you know a good amount of money. But he didn't want to be a bank. But listen, it, it allowed me to get back into the industry a lot sooner than I wanted to. Right. no, so. I get it.
0: I get it. So tell us about that. Tell us about. Um, the process of deciding that, look, I I still got transportation business in my veins, um, but I want to do it differently, clearly this time. Um, Tell us about that transition. So, you know, I sold the company
1: with the understanding, you know, I was going to help the company grow. And and so... And what year was this? This was in uh, 2014. Okay. Oh, just a few years ago. Yeah, 2014. And so I didn't realize, you know, I had gotten... Legal advice to saying don't take unsecured debt, blah blah blah. And I said, You know what? I'm getting 95% of my money up front, and, and, and they were overpaying for the company. Yeah. And so um, we go, and uh, you know, I'm helping them grow. And, and before you know it, they come to me and, and you know, say, Hey, uh, we have some debt problems. And I'm saying, Okay, you know, what are you telling me for? Yeah, we're not compliant with our because you're bank the con- problem. <laughs> <laughs> we're not compliant with the bank contingencies. How does that? How do yeah. I control that? Yeah, and so you know, one thing led to another, and, and they defaulted on paying,
0: me, which yeah. was okay. Well, you got some debt problems. <laughs> what, what's the problem? You. Well, you you're the problem. <laughs> we don't want to pay you.
1: It, it, it's uh, it, it was a little bit taken. I took. Because I thought they were really good guys in the beginning, and they turned out to be
0: But, you know, um, and, and you and I didn't know each other, really, when you sold that no. business. Uh, but the one thing that I've learned from many clients who did this, when you sell your business, if you're going to stay in it, there's a 90% chance you're going to hate the buyer within a year. My intentions were not to go back into it. Right. It, it were, when I sold it, I, I was
1: getting out of the business. Yeah. When they didn't pay me, I was motivated to go back into the business. (laughs) So it was a little bit different venture back then. Yeah, right. Uh, So I was motivated on two fronts. To succeed and take them out. (laughs) Sure. So I've I've been slowly
0: doing that. Right. But when, when you got back into the transportation business, I mean, you diversified in the sense that Now you go after contracts that you didn't go after with EMT, isn't that correct? Correct,
1: yeah. So now we go um, primarily schools. Because you know, with COVID and, and, and yeah. school transportation, it, it's grown so much. Yeah, I mean, you see on the news every night. There's no bus drivers. I no know. Asking can't yeah. provide transportation. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. We can't handle the load.
0: I mean, I get a hundred requests a day. But well, what sort of transportation services for the schools are you doing? So,
1: so kids that don't fit on the school bus routes. Or oh. they don't have enough bus drivers to transport these kids in okay. the outskirts areas, yes. and so they'll hire us and say, "Here, here's a list of fifty kids. How many of them can you, you know, transport?" Huh. Huh. Uh, and so, you and know, are
0: you are you buying bigger vehicles like so vans you, and stuff?
1: So you're not allowed to hire buy anything larger than ten passengers okay. by law. And so okay. we buy seven to ten passenger vehicles. Sure, we hire drivers. And we incentivize our drivers. You know, we pay them a little bit more now than we did years ago. Okay. We charge more money today because yeah. it's such in high demand and the requirements. Uh, I mean, you, you, the things that drivers have to go through today, yeah. it's like background checks, drug tests, you know, sure. all kinds of different checks and, and, and training and making sure, sure. that they're uh, qualified to do that. And who is your average driver so my average driver is, 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 is we want to look for someone, maybe a retired guy that's looking sure, to do a part-time right. deal. Yeah, sure, like side three hustle. Three hours in the morning, three yeah. hours in the afternoon. Sure. And, you know, he wants to have his life. And yeah. But he's not going to want to be married to a job. Of course. And so we give him a route of six or seven, eight kids to pick up in the morning. Yeah. He drops them off. He goes and pick them back in the afternoon. He goes home, and, and he's good. Now, hmm. see, that's
0: i I would have thought, <clears throat> my kids have always lived on a bus route, but I would have thought... If you live off the bus route, it's the parents' responsibility to get those kids to school. So
1: what's happened is, since then, there's No Child Left Behind Act came oh, into play. okay. And so kids, if they get displaced from home, let's say mom and dad yeah. don't live in the same location. Sure. And they lost their home. Yeah. Unfortunate situations. They went to live with grandma. Yeah. So they were living in Arnold before, went to Fox. Yeah. Now all of a sudden they live in Hazelwood. Yeah. The government says just because you lost your housing, it doesn't mean you have to lose your education. Okay. And so the, they come in and have to provide transportation from Hazelwood back to Arnold every single day. Somebody has oh, to Oh, that away. is Interesting. unbelievable.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so the federal law permits those kids just from, uh, ju- I mean, if we moved out of the district, the way I understand it, if we still wanted our kids to go to that original district, we have to pay that district more dough. But in certain circumstances, these kids are permitted to go to because, the. Because, because of the federal laws in place. Uh, they're trying to create less disruption, less I guess. Disruption for these in kids. education. And so these kids are what's called, by,
1: deemed by the state as homeless. Oh. They don't have permanent residence. Don't mean they live in a Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, There's a federal act called the McKinney-Vento Act, yeah. which they fall under. Okay. And so just because they don't have permanent residence, they're living with grandma, they qualify for all these book of, of, of benefits.
0: So huh. in this instance, are the schools getting federal funds... That they then use to pay the transportation companies so, or what?
1: So, so, no, they don't. And so the, the the schools are finding out that they have to, f- you know, fund these it's a, the Okay. Outside. And it's, it's grown like 400% in the last five years and mm. it's scheduled to grow. Here goes uh, your property taxes. Yeah. It's going to continue to grow every single year because more, especially right now right. after COVID, I mean, there is yep. such
0: a demand right now. So let's talk about uh, COVID and how it impacted your business. For a while... That had to be scary as hell because kids ain't going to school.
1: Yeah. No one's going to school. No one's going to the doctor. No one's yeah. going anywhere. Uh, but, right. You know, some of the contracts we have, we have a capitated uh, contract. So we get paid, like I said earlier, oh. if we get paid to transport one person oh. or 100 people, we, we get paid the same amount. Revenue wow. coming in. So we still had revenue coming in. and we still So had, your
0: profits might have gone up. During they probably, actually, they probably did.
1: <laughs> That's crazy, right? But, but again, you know, it, it's no one expected what was going to happen. Sure. And... and uh, School districts want a budget for next year. So if they know their cap for transportation is going to be X, they factor that into the budget, they know they're not going to go over. Sure. And so, you know, it's up to you to negotiate a good good cap. Yeah,
0: sure. So what is the future of the transportation business? I mean, what what scaling do you foresee? You know, you've done the multi-state thing. Uh, you, Like I said, three years, uh, you said you're up to $4 million in revenue. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Where do you want to take this? So, so my goal was,
1: I have two two operation people who have given some equity in the company. Okay. Uh, I've given them 24% each. Oh, And they're going to best. They, get a, they That's get a lot a, of equity. They get invested five years. So, okay. At that five-year mark, they will own that equity. In the meantime, they kind of sweat equity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, because I mean, I'm 60. By the time they get to where they're going to be, I'll be 64, 65. Uh, I'll better be ready to retire, so I can be involved. Right. And, and but they're young enough that they can take the company
0: and expand it and right. grow and continue and have something for the future as well. Yeah. Well, it's I mean it's tough. I mean typically. The way we draft those things, if they leave the company, then yeah. we've got a right to buy them back Correct. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did the same thing. Okay. We
1: did the same thing. Yeah,
0: and there's a formula
1: value. There's a formula value and, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But they don't think, when you, when you offer that to someone, it's, it's an opportunity that comes around a lot. Right. It's rare. A lot of faith in the person that you're giving it to. Yeah. And But on the flip side of it, you know, you got to look at the industry, know the industry. Yeah. There are people doing this type of business today. Yeah. And so it's hard to find skilled people. Uh, people to, but the, that is
0: a significant equity cut because I hear these guys all the time. It's like, oh, I five percent. Like, yeah. okay,
1: <laughs> no, it is. And but you know, to, to get two guys that that were making you know yeah. six figures in other companies, oh, they to, were to leave and come. Yeah. To, you know, that's what I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so these aren't these aren't. Um, these aren't drivers that no. you've elevated. No. These are business folks. These, These are, are executives.
1: They're not executives, but they've been in the industry, and they've had positions with, with the brokerage company. And oh, okay. Companies, so they know the industry. So you picked
0: them from the transportation Correct. industry. Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. And so where do they – how do you handle that? Obviously, you're the boss because you're the over 50% owner, but how do you handle – uh, differences of opinion, if there are any, on the direction of the company and that sort of stuff. Is it just what Bernie says goes? No, or
1: I, I've learned that the, long, the hard way. Yeah, it, it, you don't know, it doesn't work well. Yeah, I, I, we collaborate together, and, and and I agree that if things that I think that there's valid points to. Yeah. we're going to do them. Yeah, and and as long as everyone has the best interest of the company at heart. I'm not the type of guy I don't care. We're going to paint the walls black because I like yeah, black. sure. You know, I don't care, you know. So getting it's, collaboration and getting input from them is important because they're part of the process. Yeah, yeah.
0: and we've talked about that, partners, right? And, uh, you know, my philosophy is if it's really important to you, okay, I'm not going to pick a fight over it if it's not important to me, right? No, no. So if if you think this is the route we should go, unless it's major, we're going to get rid of our sp- school business and go in a particular direction but but again that's the that's the gauge i'm not going to fight over things that just aren't worth fighting over and
1: and you got to have a lot of you know uh, i won't say experience but you got to have a lot of faith in the person that you put in that position because nine out of ten times i'm going to tell you do what what you think is the right thing to do and it it comes to me it's a good process good so you know and and it's worked well i mean the company's grown. And uh, we just started school. You know, yesterday was the first day. Yeah, and we started with almost two hundred school kids. Good wow. lord! Yeah, how yeah.
0: many vehicles are you up to? We're up to like fifty-eight vehicles. Right good lord! Now. Yeah, what's wow. the maintenance like on those? So we have vehicles? our own maintenance
1: department. You, you know? do our own mechanic. And yeah, our own mechanic, you know? That's very sensitive uh, mechanics. You get it quit today and now later they'll be working. So they're very yeah. temperamental. Yeah. So you got to handle. Them. <laughs> but we have a good mechanic that's been you know. And
0: you got to pay them well.
1: Got to pay them well and, and treat them good. And you know, it's like anything else. You know, your people are going to make the company. Yeah, you got to invest in them, take mm-hmm. care of them. Yeah, and and, and they'll be loyal to you, and they'll stay with you. So just one mechanic for the fifty-eight. I two. I two, two. Okay, yeah. I say, that's that would be a lot of work. Yeah. One so, guy, and girl. I
0: assume you you really can't. Well, uh, there are, there are commercial leases. Do you lease these vehicles? We can't Can lease them you because them? the amount
1: of miles we put miles. on the vehicles, we can't yeah. lease them. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's interesting that you say that, though. When I was at Mid AM, we leased all of our. A tractor trailers. Yeah. And you'd put a million miles on these yeah. tractor trailers. People people don't understand. Hmm. You see a beautiful truck going down the road, that diesel engine may have a million miles yeah. or two million miles on it. It's- okay. But that's not the case no. with these vans.
1: And, and these vans are passenger vans. Sure. And, you know, we, we buy them. Rubber, rubber
0: floors and all the Yeah, rest. rubber floors. Yeah. They're
1: commercial vehicles. They're specialized for wheelchair yeah. transportation. They convert yeah. oh. to wheelchair trains.
0: So these aren't cheap. No, they're
1: not cheap. Yeah. By no means are they cheap. They're regular passenger ones that are less expensive than yeah. wheelchair vehicles. But, uh, no, by no means are they cheap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. nursing yeah. yeah, absolutely. So how long does a vehicle last in your business? So uh, we... we
1: Put it on the books for like two years. Two years. Two years. Wow. So we're buying one that's maybe four or five years old. Okay. And we, we expect the life expectancy of 24 months. Okay. And then we kind of amortize it over that 24 months. And then
0: you resell them.
1: And then we, we'll we take them off the road, maybe use them for parts. We, you keep the same, same make same and model yep. oh. so we can interchange parts. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we sell them. Yeah. Yeah. You Interesting. Know. So you need a lot
0: of space for this business as well.
1: We got 8,500 8, square feet, but we, when I first started the, the second company, I was in you know 450 square feet office. Okay. Uh, and here I am, you know, been in the business 25 years and I'm starting all over again. It was a challenge.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was... Yeah. So, what is the retirement plan? Are these two cats going to buy you out eventually? Yeah. So
1: the, the, the plan would be that they would, you know, we'll set a price. At the I company, can earn out, earn out, and yeah. then pay me off each month, to send yeah. me a check back to and seller
0: financing. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, we got a debt problem. <laughs> with I'm running that this, not not this, <laughs> that to this sucker. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got a bigger problem than debt. It, you gotta yeah. you got a creditor. that's gonna take the business back from you. The lesson
1: I learned in that lesson is you hire attorneys. Right. You need to listen to the attorneys, <laughs> and, and you know Eric. Right. Try to talk me out of another deal I went into, and he was right. It was the wrong deal, but,
0: but we came out all right. <laughs> we came out better than all right. I
1: came out all right. That's all right.
0: That's Bernie funny. always say, I came out all right. He's like, well, I got you more money than you lost. He goes, oh, well, that's all right. Hey. Uh, I started out to try to do the right thing. <laughs> all right, Bernie, so remind our listeners where they can find, again, your company and where they can find it on the Internet. My company is Axel Transportation. It's A X
1: E L com and uh, you can google my name Bernie Scutieri and you'll find a lot of articles about us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks Bernie for being on. Oh, I appreciate being here. Thank
0: All right, you. Ricky. I'm not